Coming up, safety on the job is more important now perhaps than ever. We'll discuss what's working, what's not, and what we'd like to see in an ideal situation. Activate Live starts now. Speak out. Get involved. Get involved. Engage-toi. Take action. Activate deine Stimme. We're union and we're proud. Welcome to Activate Live. I'm Tanya Hutchins with the Machinist Union. It's Earth Day and National Volunteer Week. We thank all of our members for their volunteer efforts in the community, including our favorite charity, Guide Dogs of America, which trains blind and visually impaired people and matches them with guide dogs, also trained by GDA. We'll have a special video tribute at the end of the show, but first, we have some labor news for you. We take you to Wisconsin. Nearly 450 members from IAM Local 1406 in Madison, Wisconsin, ratified a one-year emergency contract extension last month to meet the sudden increased demand for ventilators due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Vice President Mike Pence visited the GE Healthcare facility where the workers build anesthesia, respiratory, and infant care machines. We salute our members for their outstanding work, which has been recognized by our international president and Midwest Territory General Vice President. Now, we love this shirt that says Union Machinists Save Lives, and we understand the Vice President asked for it personally. You can read the IAM statement on the Vice President's visit in yesterday's email. Just check your email. Well, if you're looking for economic resources during this pandemic, don't forget about Union Plus. There's a program for hardship help, and the unemployment requirement has been reduced from 90 days to 45 in order to provide more job loss grants to more union members. Just visit unionplus.org hardship for more information on layoff assistance, and there's plenty of information on other assistance on that website as well. Workers Memorial Day is coming up April 28th. That's next Tuesday. Every year, the IAM recognizes the day to honor our fallen workers from across North America. Usually there's a ceremony at the Wimpersinger Center in Hollywood, Maryland, but this year will be different due to quarantine restrictions. Keep an eye on our website, goiam.org, and our social media pages to see this year's tribute and message. Well, our motto is justice on the job, service to the community. As union members, we want to have a voice on the job and respect, but we also want safety. Joining us now to discuss workplace safety and health amid COVID-19 is IAM Project Coordinator, Sean Trude. Sean, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me today, Tanya. Well, first remind us of the IAM Safety and Health Department's role in our union and also about your role, because you've been with us for about a year now. Uh, that's correct. Uh, so the safety and health department's role in our union is to uh, assist our leadership and our members with just general safety and health issues. Uh, there's a lot of districts that have very vibrant uh, safety and health committees that are uh, able to speak very precisely to the conditions that their members are facing. Uh, we're just a, a resource uh, beyond that. Uh, we also work in solidarity with other unions uh, when it comes to issues as far as regulation and legislation that's going to improve uh, the, the lives of our members in the workplace. So what helps us as workers to feel safe? What needs to be done? <clears throat> um, for workers to feel safe, they need to have education. Uh, they need to be uh, informed about what they're, they're potentially exposed to. 
and what they can do to safeguard themselves from those exposures. Uh, this obviously isn't just true of uh, the, the current COVID-19 situation, but uh, workplace safety in general. You have to know what you're what you are going to be around and how you can protect yourself to feel safe in doing your job. So what should workplaces be doing? Because I know a lot of workplaces are going through different changes on their sites, in the shops. What should they be doing? Uh, OSHA had issued some guidance last month about uh, preparing workplaces in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and by now, most employers, all employers really should have developed and implemented a infectious disease disaster preparedness plan that's going to look at uh, dealing with employee absenteeism or declines in business. Um, they should be maintaining a uh, infectious disease prevention plan, including things like encouraging frequent hand washing for your employees, uh, maintaining regular housekeeping that includes cleaning and dis disinfecting, uh, especially frequently touched surfaces, doorknobs, light switches, faucets, things like that. Uh, they should be trying to minimize employees sharing things like phones, keyboards, uh, office spaces, and tools as much as possible. Uh, if they can't be uh, eliminating that, they should be taking measures to disinfect them in between uses. They should also be encouraging employees to stay home if they're sick. So hopefully paid for or paid sick leave is something that, that most of our members have and are able to take. Uh, these are just some of the steps that they should be taking. Uh, they should also be requiring, uh, as the CDC has now recommended that everybody wears a face covering, that that just not extend not only to the employees, but any contractors that may be coming on site, uh, any vendors, uh, any customers that may be coming in that are interacting. Everybody should be having a face covering on when they're out in public, especially when they're unable to maintain uh, proper social distancing. Now let's talk about the masks because there are so many different types and I know you have um, a couple with you. Tell us just why they're important and how they should properly be used. Okay, so I, I have here uh, my, my wife's mask. All right, it's reversible cloth, throw it in the washing machine when it gets dirty. Uh, this is a mask. I also have here, uh, let me get this close to my camera. Okay. And N95. Now for me personally, this is a mask. Uh, if I have been properly fit tested for it and cleared to wear it, then it could be a respirator, but I have not. So for me, this is just a mask. I don't like wearing the pink one when I go out in public. Uh, like I said, my, my wife's, but hers can go in the washing Mine can't. So I have to change mine out every so often. But the thing about masks and respirators, they, they serve two different functions. Uh, so the masks, uh, be it this, this pink one, like my wife has, or a surgical mask, they're, they're designed to protect other people from you. The intention of a mask is not to protect you from inhaling things, but they're there to catch the, the respirable droplets that come out when you sneeze or cough, which is how COVID's being spread. A respirator, on the other hand, is actually going to prevent you from inhaling things that are in the air. But as I mentioned, I've not been fit tested for this style and size of 
filtering face piece. So for me, this is just a mask. This is not a respirator. Now, is that something that should be happening on locations where workers are being fitted to each mask? Yes, uh, according to OSHA standards, um, 1910-134, if anybody really wants to get into it, um, the pretty robust layout of what's required as far as the respiratory protection program goes. And uh, you are required to be fit tested for the size and style of uh, respirator that you will be using. The only guidance thus far that's come out from OSHA as far as fit testing goes, uh, they have suspended the annual fit testing um, requirement if it's going to destroy the respirator. Um, so every year, if you wear a respirator every year, you're required to be refit tested for it and, and, and have training on uh, proper use and care of it and, and, and several other things. But uh, at this point in time, OSHA has said if it's going to destroy the respirator, you don't have to do that training right now. Or you don't have to do that fit testing right now. But if you've never had initial fit testing, you're going to need to have that done, even if it's going to destroy the respirator, because they need to know that it's going to, the respirator is going to do what it's supposed to do and protect you like it's supposed to. Now, do you find with OSHA guidelines that they say to give several to a worker or like how long do these respirators last? Um, <clears throat> I, there's not really an answer for that. Okay. Um, to, to say when it becomes difficult to breathe through uh, is, is the simple answer. Um, as far as a, a filtering face piece like this that we're just we're talking about protecting from you know protecting yourself from COVID being in the air, um, but there's a multitude of different types of respirators that that do have service life indicators on them. Um, so I, it's, that's based on the manufacturer's directions, instructions. So I really can't speak to a generic sort of time frame for that. Gotcha. So what does the ideal work safe workplace look like? Like what would the IAM like to see in a perfect world? So what the IAM would like to see in a perfect world is a, a true cooperation between labor and management when it comes to workplace safety. Um, IAM Crest, we do um, set up committee or setting up committees, joint committees between labor and management. Um, but we want there to be equal buy-in from both parties uh, in, in performing the worksite assessments, addressing safety concerns as they come up aggressively, uh, not just taking a position that it's going to be too costly to implement that change. Um, because labor and management, we're all working in the same building. I get that management spends a lot more time in the office in some locations than out on the floor. But if it's in the air, it's in the air. So we all need to work together to make sure that we're all going home uh, as good as we came in in the morning. You know, and I have visited workplaces where, you know, the HR person and either, you know, the IM business rep or shop steward, they are working hand in hand. So I think it's important to remind people that it is possible to have a good relationship, especially about safety. Absolutely it is. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't always have to be as adversarial as people want to think that it is when a union gets involved. So where can people get more information if they want to look into 
safety and health and OSHA guidelines, where can they go? So the safety and health department has a, a tab off of the international's website, go at IAM.org. Uh, we have a, a, a tab of our own there. You see some resources listed on that tab. Um, if you scroll down, you'll see we have a, a document there, uh, OSHA's guidance for preparing workplaces for COVID-19. In that article um, is, is linked to the PDF that OSHA put out in March uh, about the some of those points I was hitting on as far as, um, you know, infectious disease plans and, and prevention and uh, things like that. So it's, it's good guidance to have out there. Um, also on the on off the IAM's uh, webpage, the homepage, they have uh, you can click on a tab for coronavirus resources that's being updated uh, daily as far as materials, because uh, this is a, a constantly still evolving thing that we don't know a whole lot about necessarily yet. So directions changing, I don't want to say daily, but it, it's changing frequently. Um, I just this morning updated some PowerPoint slides that we have out there. Yes, under the resources on this page, um, I there are some very short PowerPoints on, on stopping the spread and steps to take to care for a loved one, how to keep this out of your home, and then how to clean your home and keep it safe. Um, so it, it's just about we're just trying to get the, the education, the knowledge out there. Uh, we are also Go ahead, Tanya. Yeah, you mentioned something on that OSHA um, pamphlet, the PDF, um, about having a plan. How much trouble does that save just having a safety plan in the first place? <laughs> well, it, you know, as, as, a, as a safety professional, uh, planning is, is just, it's the way to go. Uh, you got to have a plan before you need a plan, and then you work your plan when it comes up. But you need to be constantly revising your plan and assessing it to make sure that it's working for your situation. And if it's not, you might have to change your plan. Um, you know, we, we uh, just actually taught a, a, one of the sessions we did at the safety and health conference this last year was on having an emergency action plan. And there's not one type of plan for all situations, but you have to plan for it. Now, I interrupted you. You were talking about some of the other resources that were on the Safety and Health Department page and on the Coronavirus um, Resources page that we have at GoIM.org. Yes. Uh, so we have a, uh, IAM Crest has a Facebook uh, page where we post uh, information uh, maybe a couple times a week. I'm trying to not, you know, weigh down anybody's news feed that has liked our page with, with uh, articles. But I do, you know, about uh, pertinent information that OSHA sends out. Um, I have been sharing the PowerPoint presentations on here as well, or links to the PowerPoint presentations as well. Um, we have a, a Twitter account, Safety and Health Department does, um, that's, that's stuff's posted to. Typically, it's, it's cross-posted. So if you're going to see it in one place, you're going to see it in the other. Um, a resource though that, that I don't know that we have listed anywhere, and maybe I can look at correcting that, is we are uh, actually in a partnership with uh, like nine other unions. Uh, there's a, a consortium with the chemical workers is, is our main partner in that, that we are able to provide 
chemical emergency response training, uh, disaster preparedness and recovery training, infectious disease training. Um, and they have uh, COVID resources as well off of their uh, website. Yeah, this is a time a lot of people are looking for training and education of any kind. So that is very valuable. Anything else that you want work to know, Sean? No, I, I think I hit it pretty much. My, my big concern is, is people understanding that these protect other people. These are not to protect you. So, you know, when you see that guy walking into the store that doesn't have one on, it's not because he's not worried about protecting himself. He doesn't care about protecting any, everybody else in there. And uh, oh, the one other thing I do want to say about these, if you are wearing one of these, um, since you're supposed to be laundering them to keep them clean, you should not have a coffee filter sewn in there or anything like that because that's going to get destroyed when you throw it in the washing machine. We have a comment from Kim Webb Bingham saying, <laughs> all I members need to share this with all your brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for commenting, Kim. Thank uh, you, Kim. Adriana Picasso Lehigh is saying, transportation um, has lost many lives due to COVID-19. As essential workers, we are doing what we can to stay safe. So thank you for all the info. And Dave Roderick is saying, great show. You answered some of my questions. Thanks, Sean. Well, thank you. Uh, and we do have a, a generic email address if anybody has any other questions. It's s and h at iamaw.org. And that goes to, to uh, all of us project coordinators and our director in the safety and health department. So if you have any other questions today. Do you spell out and s-a-n-d-h? Yes. Okay. Yes. So just repeat that one more time. S and h. S. A-N-D-H at I-A-M-A-W dot org. Great. Excellent. Well, we're so glad that you took the time to uh, answer a lot of our questions about safety and health. And uh, yeah, keep in touch. Let us know if there's anything else that, that you want us to be aware of, Sean. All right. Thank you very much, Tanya. Great. Well, we want you to know, we want to know what you think at home. So join the conversation right here on this video, no matter when or where you're watching. How are you keeping safe on the job and at home? Let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Well, here's a look at today's labor history. On April 22nd, 1526, the first known slave revolt in American history happened just eight years after the first slaves were taken from Africa to the Americas. It happened somewhere between South Carolina and Georgia. So free labor fighting back nearly 500 years ago, thanks to Voices of Labor and Washington Post for that information. While this date in 1938, 45 men died at the Red Jacket Coal Corporation mine near Grundy, Virginia in Buchanan County. Coal dust ignited, causing blasts that could be felt two miles away. It was one of the worst disasters in Virginia mining history. And on April 22nd, 1952, U.S. Marines were used as human guinea pigs to test the effects of radiation on humans. It was the first U.S. atmospheric nuclear bomb test in Yucca Flat, Nevada. Much thanks to the Voices of Labor for documenting our labor history. Well, next week, we're going to have even more information for you about the EAP program, the Employee Assistance Program, and the National Helpline. But for now, we leave you with a video tribute from Guide Dogs of America to all the volunteers 
who made GDA a success, including all the local and district lodge members who hold fundraisers throughout the year. So happy National Volunteer Week from everyone in Silmar, California, who wanted to say thank you. Happy National Volunteer Appreciation Week. I'm so honored to be in the midst of such wonderful volunteers, so caring and compassionate. We can't thank you enough for what you do for us all year long. We miss you guys so much here at Guide Dogs of America. All the puppies are missing you. No matter what department you guys volunteer in. You're a huge reason why we're able to further our mission to transform lives. We make my job possible working with our students, working with these awesome dogs. Without them, my job would really be impossible. Really appreciate you here. The concept that I have of GDA is that we have the head, but we also have the heart, and that certainly is our volunteers. I know the work you guys do is incredibly important. You guys are the people um, that makes this engine run. We hope that you're all staying safe and healthy so when all this is over with, we can bring you back and keep this place going strong. Happy National Volunteer Appreciation Week. We'll see you soon. Thank you, volunteers. Thank you. 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 Thanks, guys. We love you guys.